0: Hi, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, we'll be talking about what we've been playing, the news, and for our main topic, how much is too much? How much would you pay for a game?
1: How much is too much to pay for a game?
0: Yeah. At what point do you cut it off?
1: I think think this plays into the Kickstarter boom and um, games that... You know, we we look at it and we're like, I think they're overcharging for that. So we just wanted to chat about it a little bit. You know, back into our normal routine after our two top ten episodes.
0: This is season three, episode one.
1: Season three.
0: Excellent. Okay, let's start with what we've been playing. Shay, what yes. game would you like to speak of?
1: What game would I like to speak of? As I forget every game that I've played, even though I just looked them up. I played...
0: It's been two weeks of not talking about games.
1: It has. And I'm like, what did I play? When did I play it? What was the one? Oh, Time Stories. We haven't talked about Time Stories yet, right? We have right? not
0: discussed Time Stories yes, yet. Yes,
1: Time Stories. Um, so we did get Time Stories to the table finally. We've had it for a little bit. Uh, we bought it used off of somebody. Uh, Ryan?
0: Mr. Ryan Mr. Rao. Mr. Ryan
1: Rao. And f- finally decided to learn how to play it and actually try it out. Yep. This is a cooperative style game and I'd say, so the the basis of it is you are a time agent and your goal is to stop the timeline from disintegrating because of people messing with it. And how it works is you get sent back in time, maybe forward, I haven't done any other things yet, but in this one, you get sent back in time into the bodies of people who are already there, so you don't mess up the timeline even more. And you have to figure out and stop the, the time issue from happening.
0: Yes. You have to figure out what it is, too. You
1: have to figure out what it is. And so you're doing this by exploring rooms and finding clues and occasionally fighting people or monsters. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a neat concept to it.
0: Yeah. It, it was it was solid. We We played it once. Uh, we are going to go back to it. Didn't quite get back to it yet. Yeah, that's uh, a nice
1: thing. We failed the first time.
0: We, we did fail, but from what I've been told, everybody fails the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you can go back and you do it again.
0: Yeah, they're called runs. Each time you play it, you you go on a run and you're trying to solve whatever it is you're trying to solve.
1: And my theory is, based on the language they use, you get a higher ranking or like you end up at a higher ranking the, the least the, amount the of the least runs amount of do. times, yeah. Because yeah. there's more story to this, like there's more expansions you can get that might play a factor.
0: Yeah. Uh the one surprise about this game that I had was when we opened it, there was only one case in the box. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, one story. I, I one was, game. I was assuming there were multiple stories in the base box and then you added on to it.
1: Yeah, like, I I was thinking of, like, a Sherlock Holmes-style thing, right? Where you have multiple cases to solve, like, five. Yeah. I don't know, like, five in a a box, right? Considering it's a decent-sized box. Uh, And it turns out there's one. There's one case in this base game, which, say you did solve it on the first try, means that game is worth an hour.
0: Yeah, like... The game isn't that long to play. No. Like, to do a run.
1: Because you, you especially with less people. Yeah. Um, but, like, there's a timing factor set up, and each action you do takes time. So you're all, you're set to like how much time there is. And, yeah, it's, it's really easy to finish it quickly, and then if you do pass it, then you're done. Right? Yeah. And I think I would be mad if I finished it the first time and find out that that's it. And yeah, you just I, that's it.
0: <laughs> I, I guess I had done some research on this game, but nobody had ever talked about only having yeah. one case in the base box. And or maybe I just missed it. Uh, luckily we do have three other cases to solve yep. once we get through this one. And as a game it's it's fun. Absolutely, it, it's a yeah. solid game. It's it, it pretty, was,
1: it works well. Yeah.
0: It was just one thing that I noticed.
1: I'd say the instructions are slightly hard to follow.
0: Uh are There are some, apparently a second version of the instructions that are better. Uh, Paul Grogan on BGG did a nice FAQ to follow and answers a lot of that stuff, which was super helpful. Relatively
1: spoiler free? Uh,
0: Yeah, like he does base stuff and then goes into the cases.
1: Yeah, because that's one issue with games like these is you're trying to find the rules without necessarily spoiling... Uh, the game, because it's all story-based. Nice thing after you finish the first one is you kind of know where the story's at, and you're like, okay, now I can go watch somebody run through it and figure out what I did wrong. Because we definitely were playing some rules wrong.
0: Oh, for sure. We always do.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But, great game. A little weird that there's only one case in it, but looking forward to getting that back to the table.
0: Exactly. Okay, I am going to be talking about Memoir 44. Uh, This is a Player versus player World War Two battle game. Uh, it is part of the Command and Colors engine, where you have cards and they allow you to do stuff. Uh, your board or your battlefield is broken into three different uh, areas, and the cards affect one of the three areas. Usually, uh, you go back and forth, and you're trying to collect medallions. Uh, one way to get a medallion is to uh, destroy a platoon or one of the armies that you're you're facing, like not the entire army, but you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So kind of like um, fancy risk.
0: Yeah, it's it, it was very very cool, very neat, uh, very streamlined. Like me and Jordan played, and it took us thirty minutes to get through the first scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we played a couple of rules wrong, which.
1: Again, I, pretty normal. Yeah. it's
0: The people that learn a game and play everything right the first time is, I, I don't think it happens that frequently. No, it's pretty uh, rare, I, th- I would say. And I think everybody just goes, you know, same thing as us. I play a game and then I'll watch another video to see what didn't add up for me. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of little plastic in this one. Uh, a booklet of scenarios. I think there's 18 scenarios in the base booklet. That's pretty good. Uh, and there are a ton of expansions, and a ton of expansions coming back into print this summer. Uh, so it was one that we had looked at, found at a used game store for a good price, mm-hmm. and Jordan picked it up and we got to play it, and I'm looking forward to playing it some more.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I haven't played this one yet, but I mean, it, I've, I've heard a lot about it, so yeah. sounds good okay anything else we want to chat about there's a game we haven't played yet but we might get to the table soon anachrony yes i think i mentioned this that we i'm painting the figures for uh for ryan
0: yeah and i've been uh, kind enough to send him photos as you uh (laughs) yeah as as you finish them
1: i'm thinking of doing a time lapse of painting one of the figures so maybe i'll post that to our instagram if i end up doing that
0: yeah or Uh, our uh brand new youtube channel
1: or a brand new YouTube channel where we did an unboxing of Merchant's Cove. Yes, there's 80 views on that. We are popular.
0: So popular.
1: But yeah, I think that's is that games for today, or is that, there another one you want to talk about? Uh,
0: let's talk about uh, Alhambra and right. Oh yes, you this guys played this Rolling Rate. Right. Uh, me, Jordan, and your mom played it. Uh, it's a very simple Rolling Rate right, uh, compared to Hadrian's Wall. I'd put it on the same level as uh, Silver Corinth.
1: Hill? Oh, Corinth. Okay.
0: Yeah. So you're you're rolling, you're xing stuff out. You have some coins that you can use to mitigate the dice rolls, and they just go back and forth. And at the end, you're going to get points for number of each type of building ranked against each other. So whoever has the most is going to get more points than the others. And it's a six by six grid and. If you do four, five, or six in a column or row, you're going to get bonus points as well. At the end, you add them all up, and the winner yeah. is the winner. The one, the one with the most points. The one with the most points is yeah. the winner.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Uh,
0: yeah. it's As I say, it's it's not complicated. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not asking a lot of you. Uh, having played, you know, Trails of Tuscany or Tuscana. Tocant. To Canna. To to Canna and Hadrian's Wall recently and Fleet recently, it's definitely a step back. Right. Uh, But for somebody just getting into the roll and write genre who wants something uh, quick to play, it definitely does that.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I've ever played Alhambra
0: uh, we how? played it on the iPad.
1: Oh, okay. I was gonna ask how it compares.
0: Uh like, not you know at how, all. Yeah, okay. Because
1: <laughs> you know how Seven Wonders yeah. duel we say is kind of the better version almost, but um Dinosaur Island uh roll and right is or no they haven't we haven't done the roll and right yeah.
0: yet. We just no. played the the dual version,
1: player. yeah. Yeah, anyway.
0: Yeah, Alhambra is it, it, it's more involved, it's still a gateway game uh but the scoring is very similar where the amount of buildings you do but they have walls and stuff that have to connect yep and it, it's it is a fun game on the ipad i've never played it actually the physical version yeah uh this one is not as good as the uh regular version
1: yeah sounds about right
0: okay you're listening to born on the air on cfcr i'm david and i'm shay and we are going to go into a long list of the news uh, uh,
1: personal news, I, uh, you guys might have remembered I had been talking about this, I did decide to back Dice Theme Park on Kickstarter. Nice. Kickstarter is really like, all, I, I backed one thing, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I could back that.
0: Yeah, it's once bad. you start. It's
1: bad. Yeah.
0: It's hard to stop. Uh, so, we our last two shows, as you know, were Shay's Top 10, my Top 10, so we didn't do any news, but I've been slowly collecting news.
1: All right, so uh, long list here. So
0: there is a uh, a thorough list here. Uh, one from Saskatoon. A uh, guy released a bunch of songs about board games. It's He's called the Meeples or Meeapples. Meeapples. <laughs> it sort of looks like the Beatles symbol. And they're kind of catchy. I get a very big Weird Al vibe mm-hmm. from him. Uh, he was trying to be, you know... Fun, but not too goofy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he pulled it off fairly well. Yeah, uh, so check that out. I believe it's eight bucks for the disc That's or good. for the ten songs. Uh, I was listening to previews of them on uh, one of the websites, and it worked really, really well. Next one is a game coming to Kickstarter later this summer, fall. Uh, it's called Voidfall. Uh, it's got Ian O'Toole Art and David Terzi from uh, Anachrony uh, is one of the designers. They call it a 4X Euro. Oh, boy. I am very intrigued by this one. Uh,
1: you don't like super long games,
0: though. It's only supposed to be two hours. Huh, okay. So it's it's right in my wheelhouse. Uh, from the creator of Smartphone Inc., uh, Furnace is coming. I don't know a whole <laughs> lot about it, but it's called Furnace. Uh, it's It's going to be an economic Euro. Which Smartphone Inc. is. Yep. We like Smartphone Inc., so I'm curious. Yep. Uh, from the creator of Yinzi, a game called Dom Pierre. It's funny. Some of these things are from two weeks ago, so I probably lost a lot of the uh, interpretation of what they are. Yeah. But uh, Yinzi's got a good following. Uh, another Euro game. Looks pretty cool. Uh, Mosaic is on Kickstarter right now. This is from Glenn Drover, the guy who founded Eagle Games, which became Eagle Griffin Games, which is known for all the Vital Lacerda ones. Mm-hmm. And this guy also did Railways of the World. Uh, it, it is a, looks like a little bit of a longer Civ game. Looks really cool. Looks really nice. I doubt I will be fa- backing this one, but I'm curious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, June 1st, announced uh Kickstarter date for Fall of the Mountain King, which is the sequel to In the Hall of the in Mountain, the Hall of Mountain King. King. Uh, this one looks more of an area control type game. Uh, the other one had a, pe- a piece of that, but yeah. not really. Uh, I mentioned in our, what we've been playing, the Memoir 44 expansions are all getting reprints this summer. So that looks cool. Excellent. Uh, lots, lots more content for the people that are just getting into the game maracaibo first expansion oh wow the uprising uh
1: (laughs) please tell me this is fighting against colonists please this
0: this is taking out the colonists yes yes uh for lord of the rings fans battle of five armies is coming back into print should be available in september uh for those that have played war of the Ring. Uh, this one is the one that everybody says is more approachable. It's more of a fancy risk. Uh, yeah, dudes so on it, a so
1: it's literally the Hobbit version of it, it board is. games. Because yeah. we all know the Hobbit is the easier version of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, War of the Ring is quite in-depth. Tried to learn it with Jordan to help teach it one time, and it didn't go real well. Uh-huh. There, there are a lot of little rules in that game. Uh-huh uh also gonna include a expansion for war of the ring in battle of five armies cool uh micro macro yes. is getting a second edition uh like a new version great be just a in second.
1: time for it to come into the game store so we can buy it
0: uh yes i have word that it's back in stock and should be coming to our local game store with Me Having a Copy Reserved. Excellent. Yeah. Can't wait to play that one. This
1: is the Where's Waldo one, right? This is the Where's
0: Waldo one. Uh, Spiel nominations were out, and Micro Macro got uh, one of the nominations. Nice. Yeah. Wasn't
1: there a couple that we recognized? There was a couple?
0: There was a few. Uh, Yeah, in Spiel was Micro Macro, Zombie Teens, and Adventures of Robin Hood, which is uh, by Michael Menzel. Okay. Then in the uh, Spiel was Lost Ruins of Arnak, which we really enjoyed. Paleo, yep. which we haven't played. And Fantasy Realms, which was a card game from uh, Betrayal on the House on the Hill guy.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's a little bit more Western, I guess, on the side, although not completely. Uh, but better than past years. Last year's, there was a lot of like, uh, what is that game? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Funko Games has a couple of games coming out. Uh yep. Fast and the Furious, Highway Heist, and Goonies Never Say Die.
1: That'll, that, that'll be interesting. I still haven't gotten one of them. I know you send me pictures of them, but I'm like, I'm always kind of like, maybe, eventually.
0: Yeah. I do want to play it. It's not our type of game. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, but it does look like it could be fun for an afternoon or something.
1: Yeah. And I get little pop figures out of it. Yeah. That's why I kind of want to get one of figures I don't have.
0: There you go. Uh, Chip Theory Games. Those of... uh, Oh, what's their big one? Cloudspire. All
1: right.
0: Stuff like that. They have an Elder Scrolls game coming.
1: Cool. Isn't there already Elder Scrolls games out?
0: I thought so, I thought there was board games for it already. Yeah. I I don't remember seeing one exactly Elder Scroll, but... Yeah. uh, Yeah. So that's coming. Uh, Big, big days for Kickstarter. Uh, Paris has got its expansion on there. Isle of Cats has a new expansion. Path of Light and Shadows has a new expansion. And Lockup has an expansion on Kickstarter. I'll hit there yesterday and today.
1: So Uh, Isle of Cats, you said expansion, but isn't Isle of Cats 2 coming out as well?
0: No, it's just the expansion. It's Isle of Cats, Don't Forget the Kittens.
1: Right, that's it, right.
0: Uh, So there's three modular expansions in that one. Uh, There's the Kittens, there's the Creatures, that's sort of mythical creatures, and then there's a Boats expansion. Uh, The Kittens is one where you have to go earlier in the round to get them. Uh, the monsters, you put them on your board, or the creatures, you put them on your board, and they want to have specific cats on different spaces around. Oh,
1: it. I like that.
0: Yeah, it, it looks cool. And then boats, they're all different shapes, different styles of boats. So cool. some asymmetrical. They all look good. And of course, they're throwing in a rolling right. Of course, they are.
1: Because <laughs> everybody is. Dice Theme Park did that too. There's now a roll, it has a rolling right for Dice Hospital.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good. It looks good. I'm very tempted to back it. Problem is, it's in pounds, so you're losing 75 cents yeah. on the dollar. Yeah. Uh, so to get the stuff, like the rolling right, there's a new insert, a wooden insert, which we don't really need, but it's cheaper to get it with than... I was going to uh, say,
1: I just built the insert for Isle of Cats. Yeah. I so,
0: thought. <laughs> and you can get the first Kickstarter stuff, which I'd like to get.
1: So it sounds like you're going to say we don't we aren't going to get it and then we're going to come back next week and you're going to have backed it.
0: Possibly. Yeah. But it's it's Hold it's a lot of money. <laughs> I, I still have to wrap my head around the, the cost of it. Fair enough. Uh, Lockup is part of the Roleplayer Universe. Yep. It's supposed to be a good game. I haven't played it. It's it's an entry level worker placement game. Uh, I have a few of those, so Maybe, I've maybe gone not. back and yeah. forth most of their stuff has been good so I'm well, I'm sure have we,
1: we haven't gotten Roleplayer adventures yet right the second no we're, play, still yeah, we're still role waiting for roleplayer adventures
0: way. still waiting for cartographers too yeah uh, cartographer heroes uh Paris is one that I haven't played it's Wolfgram Kramer and Kromer and uh, Michael Kissling both very good designers did a lot of people I talked to didn't really love the game mm-hmm. it looks neat to me <laughs> uh, it, it's a nice dry euro so yeah is that, that like how carpe me.
1: diem look neat and i'm just yeah. like i'm bored
0: yeah and then uh so an expansion for that just adds some modular cool. stuff path of light and shadow i'll talk about briefly i played it once it has a neat area control with card play mm-hmm. and you can score points by doing a lot of the area control stuff but you can also score points by just upgrading your cards yeah and that's what I did, and I actually fared fairly well in it. Nice. So it, it is neat. Uh, last piece, Asmodee announced Catan 3D Edition. Oh,
1: right. You were talking about this.
0: Uh, only $300 US.
1: Excellent. Well, that seems like a great segue into our main topic. Yes. A reminder, you are listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. Uh, and our main topic tonight is how much is too much to pay for a board game? Where Where should we draw the line? And the reason I think this is, or the reason I kind of came up with this, uh, is especially with Kickstarters, right, and the things people kind of want in the games, the prices are getting a little wild. And I think there's, there's, there is the other option too, where there's games you're like, I'm, this is too much for what this game is. Uh, examples of the ones we've talked about, Sherlock Holmes, Consulting Detective, fantastic game, admittedly a lot more in there than I thought there was, but it's still a box full of paper for like 60 bucks. yeah uh, a game. Um, time stories. I actually don't know the exact price of that one, but whatever it's it is it's 70 too, or 80 it's, bucks. It's too much for a base game that's a board and one story
0: yeah yeah that I I do have a cap of what I'll spend for a game uh-huh. like a, a prime example is the Serta games. Yeah. I have played a few of them. I really, really enjoyed them. I will never spend $150 on a Euro. Mm -hmm. They're nice productions. They're nice games. There's
1: nothing wrong with them.
0: There's nothing wrong with them, but they're games that don't get to the table regularly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I think I I have a similar... I don't buy as many games, right? So it's... I'd say I'm maybe more likely to spend a bit more money, mainly because when I buy a game, it's really a game I want, right? Yep. Like, the Everdell expansions. I know they're expensive, but, like, I wanted the big box, so I'm willing to spend it. Gloomhaven. Uh, I mean, we kind of got that one as a gift. Like That was my fam. birthday that present. Was, was that was yours? It was supposed to be my Christmas present, but it didn't come in. So yeah, I like couldn't Ever- get it. I like think I got Everdell instead, or Champions of Midgard. You got Everdell uh, for yeah.
0: that one.
1: Um, but... You know, that one I still would spend the hundred and fifty bucks on it, right? Yeah. Uh it's it's one of those ones that's kind of worth it.
0: Well, and it's like for me, and it was a discussion I actually had with your mother recently. It's like, you know, there there's a few Euros out there that look really interesting, but I have a hard time spending ninety dollars on a euro.
1: Absolutely. Right?
0: But game prices are going up. Yeah. They are are definitely not getting cheaper with the cost of freight. Uh,
1: Especially this year.
0: This year, with the cost of wood, like yeah, all of this stuff is going to drive the price of board games up. So, I th- I think where I'm drawing the line now, maybe higher next year.
1: Absolutely, it'll still be based on whether we think what's in the box is worth it. Like a three hundred dollar game, Anachrony, yeah, right. Like I got to use Anachrony as an example, uh, because we opened it to pull the figures out. And, like, the big box and the game, it being about $300, there's so much in it. Yeah. Like, it's, to me, it seems worth it.
0: What? Well, it's, it's something like an Acrony Infinity box. It's got the base game. Mm-hmm. It has the first expansion. It has the second expansion. It has the third expansion. Yeah. It has all of the minis that were extra as well. Yeah. So, there is value in that game where, Absolutely. you know, it's not $300 for a base game.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? And I, I really do think that's where you kind of have to pick and choose, and obviously it depends how much you can afford to, right? Yeah, like,
0: like
1: I think that that can uh, another good thing to bring up when we talk about how much is too much. We're able to spend a bit more on the games, right? Yeah. Could it draw people out of the hobby, like, or keep people out of the hobby because of how expensive they are? Maybe not when we could have game nights.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where. For us, spending money on a game that we're going to play a bunch of times is easier to justify. But you know, somebody going into a board game shop and looking at a game and saying, "Oh, this looks really cool," and and playing it sight on un- or buying it sight unseen for ninety or yeah. one hundred and ten dollars, that's not easy to do. No, right?
1: absolutely. That
0: that's not attractive to to people.
1: Yeah, I think I think game nights made it easier because people could come in and play, but. That that's the only, that's one concern is just that people will see the prices and kind of go, mm, not for me, like can't get into this.
0: Well, and, and that's what's hesitated me on a, a bunch of games, uh, especially the Euro stuff is that without game nights, uh, without my game group, I don't get to play a lot of them before I say, oh yeah, this is something we're going to play. This is something we're going to like. Yeah. Uh, I've done a lot more buying games unplayed. Mm-hmm. Based on videos, based on reading, uh, during COVID. Absolutely. Yeah, it's. You it, know.
1: It's interesting because it's like, like you said, we know the prices are going up, so we do have to. You have to adjust for how much you think like the production value is and such. But I do think there's a little bit of, like, especially with kickstarters, where yeah. they are just. Overcharging because they know people will pay for it just to get like the the sublimated minis or whatever the screen printed minis. Um, yeah, they're... Everdell threw in like 300 stickers, right? Which cool, but mm-hmm. also like why?
0: Why well, I see the cost <laughs> of something like Isle of Cats I was talking about. You know, Merchant's Cove cost me less than those expansions and stuff for Isle of Cats would. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in Merchant's there's Cove, a lot of stuff, right? In Merchant's Cove, yeah. <laughs> So it's it, it's it's really wh- where you're at as to where you're drawing that line. Yeah. Uh, I like to pay 50 to $60 for my Euro games, mm-hmm. right? I don't like to pay $70, brown. $80, $90 yeah. when the production value isn't that great. When I look at something like Lost Ruins of Arnak, which wasn't that expensive, yep. and what you got compared to looking at uh, Merv right? Yeah. Looking at Merv, it's a nice production, you know, tool art. But it's just a euro for $90. I, I have a hard time paying that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Back to Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah. Um, shocked me, actually, with how many cases are in it. And, you know, the quality of the writing and stuff. But it's still like, even when I take that into account, right? Like, honestly it's probably the writing of the story that cost the amount of money right what? but it's still like they've printed it right yeah. it's it. you got one person who or a bunch of people who wrote it and then all you have to do is print it on paper and put it out yeah. and it's just like you charge60 dollars for that I, I don't know man I, I feel like maybe you could get me for 40 30? Yeah, and
0: like. I, I, it's one of those things where how much of the developers time, is that production worth, yeah. right? You know, one of the companies that I have a hard time buying anymore is Stronghold Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, their games, some of them are good, but I find all of them for the production overpriced compared to other people's games. Like Nova Luna at $55 was not worth that money.
1: No, not at all. Yeah.
0: It, it's a good game, but what you get doesn't equate.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that was just some commentary on what we think. I I don't know if we decided whether board games are too expensive or how much we really decided. But I,
0: I think it's personal.
1: I think it's personal. I think that's really the answer. It depends.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And we will talk to you next week.
1: Have a good night.